Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Magic does exist, Normies, and it was found in a crashed spaceship. It's Transformers 5, the last night on Transform A, only on Normies Like Us. I know what you're thinking. I'm listening to this in June. Well, shut up and listen to it. We recorded it in May. Transformers Podcast in Disguise. Guardian Knights are going to kill me. Okay, that is the dumbest idea you could possibly have. Robot dementia. I know it's all pretty. Welcome back. You heard it up top. Coming to an end here on a five-movie journey. That's right. Transform May is wrapping up here on Normies Like Us with your hosts... Uh, the return of Colin Yeager. M- Micatron. I was going to be Jake Yeager again, so, you know, maybe uh, we're... K- the one Kate I Yeager's almost gave you off podcast. <laughs> Cobb Man. How, how are you not oh, naturally oh. going to everyone's new favorite character, Cogman Cobb Man? Cobb Man, I like that. I don't know. It's been quite a journey, though. I think we all uh, can agree on that. Wow. Yeah, let's... let's um, figure out when do we watch this do you do it in one sitting i watched it yesterday and i already feel like i've forgotten everything about it save my sure. notes <laughs> it slipped it sure. away yeah um i did my usual you know watch it over three it's sittings three parts. and i just because these movies are like almost three hours usually so i just watch an hour at a time that's all that i can really handle in one sitting so that's the most the doctor recommends generally in one dose, right? Yeah, so I watched, yeah, I watched the third act uh, earlier today. And it was it was great. Awesome. All right. Colin, how about uh, you? Again, that sounds so endless, Jacob. I was a good boy this time. I watched this film right before we recorded. Just finished it nice. now. Transformers 5. The Last Night. The fifth Michael Bay film. Um, and I think I said in prior ones, a movie I did not see in theaters. I've not necessarily seen all the way through, and another one where this is you guys seeing this for the first time, correct? Yeah. yeah I don't even think I... I maybe saw a trailer. Like, this was not sure. on my radar at all, so... Um, well, that's almost viewing. something I want to say, you know, a 2017 movie. This is something I was out here in California for. Mike, I mm-hmm. maybe knew you at this point. Jacob, certainly yeah. we could have together at some point said, well, you're going to go see the fifth Transformer movie with me, right? But it just didn't happen. Right. Well, it's amazing to think. I mean, this movie was made during the Trump presidential oh era. So it's wow. really there's been three there's been Transformers movies in three different presidential administrations going back to George W. Bush, Obama. I guess if they make a new one during the Biden era, that'll be four. Oh, my Man. God. Incredible. What, what a series. Fast and the Furious <laughs> is probably in the same boat, though. So, yeah, in good true. company. Um, I think we definitely did know each other. I think the reason, and I'll talk about this more as we get into it, the reason this was off my radar is because in between the last movie and this movie, we've had The Force Awakens, you know, and The Last Jedi would come out later in the same year. So, um, I was not caring about Transformers anymore because... You know, I, I thought The Force Awakens was pretty good, so I was very excited about Star Wars at that time. I was like, Transformers, get that. That's 2000, so 2007, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I think I was kind of surprised that they were still making them, and they were st- and Michael Bay was even still directing them at that point. And there was like the longest gap kind of between movies, right? It was like four years or something? 
They do three years between this one, three years between the last one as well. Other than that, it was pretty much every other prior. Uh, And then the kind of the last big, you know, why this is the last hurrah and the last Michael Bay movie, that box office gross, right, guys? Like, we, we talked about the target audience for these. This is a... Chinese produced film as well. They came in half with mm-hmm. the uh, with the receipts for Paramount to back the money on it. Chinese mm-hmm. leads. We have Gemma Chan now, but this is one of the lowest grossing Transformer movies of all time. The last two over a billion dollars to close out uh, what turns out to be a five film franchise. Six hundred million, so a huge yeah. drop off. And we saw the drop from you know number three to number four. Um, it was still billion dollar grossing, but you know, three was the most profitable Four, you know, uh, still made a billion, but maybe the fatigue was starting to set in we had talked about. And there was other big players in the space too. Like we said, now Marvel has probably had a foothold star Wars is back. And so there's other, you know, major, uh, franchises kind of coming back in to, uh, steal some of that audience too, I think. And I say it's a shame because we never got the conclusion to the Cade Yeager trilogy. You know, Sam Witwicky got his, <laughs> got a whole trilogy, but um, Cade Yeager, come on. We need a third Cade Yeager movie. There's a lot set up in this movie, too, at the end, Jacob, that doesn't necessarily get paid off in, like, Bumblebee, which would be the next film after this, or whatever right. will come. Well, Bumblebee say, kind of retcons everything, really. And throws it all away. But again, this mm-hmm. is another film about the secret quote-unquote history of the Transformers. Yes. I want to jump in. I, I want to jump yeah. in right now. Let's, talk let's get our thoughts. Let's do it. Let's talk The Last Night on Normies Like Us. We're back, Normies. Pick up that sword. We're about to talk things that are a little medieval. On our That's right. space sci-fi robot series. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Spoilers for a movie from 2017. We always give you that warning up top. We're kind of going to go through the movie, what we like, what we don't like. First impressions, first of all. I just want to get those from you. Jacob, you texted off pod. Yes. You're getting a little Stockholm syndrome with this series. Did you <laughs> fucking like this right. movie? Well, yeah, it might be the Transformers Stockholm Syndrome, but I have to say, I thought this was the best or maybe just, you know, the most fun to watch, at least for me anyways, of the first five that we've seen so far. Hmm. I don't know how you guys feel, but I thought, uh, you know, it was the most entertaining to me. Interesting. Okay. I'm not quite getting Stockholm Syndrome for the movie as a whole, but I am, as we alluded to, very kind of into the Cade Yeager, Mark Wahlberg (laughs) depiction. Yeah. Well, I just think that, um, you know, they're kind of getting better over time. I mean, to a degree. They're still bad movies, but I feel like four and five are a lot better than two and three. Like one was pretty good for this series and then two and three kind of took a dip and I feel like I came back with four and five. Yeah, and I think if we look at these as the Witwicky era and the Jaeger era, right, I, I think I prefer saving the very first film both of the films in the Jaeger era, then Dark of the Moon or um, yes. whatever the other one, Rise of the Fallen. I prefer right. both of these than any of the sequels to that original movie. Colin, how do you feel about, about kind of that split? With I'm with you guys. I said in past episodes, you know, Mike, you just said the Marvel at all. This is the Avengers of it. We're, we're getting characters that span those two generations, quote unquote, as you guys are breaking them up between the Witwicky versus the Jaeger years. Mm-hmm. I, right. 
Mike, I also like this thing you said last week where, you know, number four, you could go from number one to that one. Just cut out the other two and go like, yeah, don't worry about that. And by the time you get to this one, it actually feels like a good wrap up for that. But I got to say, the trappings and failings of this franchise, I started out so hot. And then by hour two, something we have alluded to a million times (laughs) while watching this movie, I'm like, oh, my God, if you don't fucking save the world here in 10 minutes, you are getting turned off. No, Colin, I 100% agree with that because I was enjoying it for like the first hour and a half. And then inevitably I paused the movie to see how much is left. Like, it's right when they're getting in the submarine. I'm like, all right, it's got to be like wrapping Jacob, up soon. There is There's an hour left in, the- <laughs> in this movie where two different teams of our good guys go in different underwater crafts to go on different missions. And Anthony yeah. Hopkins has taken off to do something else where I go, what's going on? Why did everybody split up? Like, literally, I could not follow a moment of it. So sure. that, that to me is the failing. Yeah, to, um, I think. Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I think the Kate Yeager era is better than the Sam Woodwicky era, and I think this movie is better than the last movie because, hmm. number one, I think Kate Yeager is a better character now that he doesn't have his daughter and her boyfriend there. Mm. And so he doesn't, he's not just there to like make comments about her short shorts and can actually do other things. And I like the supporting cast of this one actually better than the last one. Interesting. And that comment about not having the daughter around. Yeah. I, I kind of like Kate Yeager in this. The mo- he doesn't do anything. Let's be clear. He, he right. doesn't do anything but swing that sword Until one the time. End. Yeah. Right. Wow. The rest of he's just kind of running around. But he's likable in the role, like interacting with the new, not Ray from Star Wars and not BB-8. Um, yes. You know, scrap <laughs> oh, my but, God, Mike. That just clicked in my head. That's exactly right. what all that stuff is. But to give, you know, the last Jedi credit, which would come on after this, you know, What's a Jedi but a knight? So did Ryan Johnson steal his title from Michael Bay? Ooh. Or did Michael Bay steal Ray from well, The we Force Awakens? Revenge of the Fallen. That's kind of stolen from a Star Wars. Revenge thing of the Sith. Well. So it was a back and forth. Yeah. But um Cade Yeager, yeah, this is again, Michael Bay's tendencies are somewhat reined in and his strengths are highlighted. Yes. The action scenes are pretty good. And when we do have the requisite sexualized female lead let's be honest michael bay at least she's like in her 30s and not a high yes. schooler and it's well, very minimal woman. when it happens it's like yeah i say thank it's, you it's mostly pretty good but then there's the one comment where mark Wahlberg is like oh you with your your education and your stripper dress and it's like what it's just a normal dress what are it's you talking a normal about dress guys there's like, a general who makes the michael bay comment he says there's a girl uh excuse me a woman he corrects himself <laughs> at one point and says who has saved the day and you always want to go again you, you get the feeling mike that mr bay himself got a million notes in after age of extinction about what to do for this movie and he fired back with well i've got a note of my own kd yeager didn't get laid in that last film <laughs> and michael bay don't make no movie where kd yeager ain't getting laid again so right. he's just a right. different character yeah so they do of course force a uh, romantic relationship between the the british lady and, and kd yeager which he's like 50 and she's like maybe in her early 30s so easily eh, but um as we learn, him being celibate is actually really important to the plot, right? Because that's why he gets Apparently. chosen as the last knight. You know, he has honor and integrity and all that stuff. I'm but the most important chased. thing is that he don't fuck. 
Which is another good moment too, because we're like, oh, you need to be chased. He's like, I just got chased when I was coming in here. And she's like, no, you don't know how spelling works. And he's like, no, I do know. I was making a joke. Like, come on. Right, right. <laughs> I'm actually pretty smart. Mike, there is a <laughs> moment, basically, he gets called out for both of the things <laughs> in the last movie we had issues with. The little girl says, where's your family? He says, I don't have a family anymore. We go, okay, that's great. We needed them out of this. She says, mm-hmm. you call yourself an inventor. What have you invented? He says, I've invented things. <laughs> she says, what have you invented? He goes, I've things invented heard things. About. He doubles down on that. <laughs> right, yeah, right, he's invented right. remote control dog toys from RC toys or whatever. That's right. And a beer delivery robot. That doesn't no, work. Just, yeah. does, so it gets the beer close to you. Um, <laughs> closer than it was in the fridge. But uh, that's the other thing too. Can he just say like, yeah, I like save the world and I'm friends with Transformers. That's why well, I'm that's here. A, that's why. Yeah, I love his introduction in this one where he's basically like a rogue Transformer protector vigilante who's like going around trying to save Transformers from the government, uh, like Homeland Security that's like hunting them down. Like mm-hmm. my main, actually my biggest problem with this movie is that it feels like two totally different movies combined into one. Because yes. the first half of it is like him living in the junkyard with not Ray and all the mm-hmm. Autobots and everything. You could make a whole movie that's just set there. And then the Easily. second half, everything in England with the Merlin and the, all that stuff, that could be its whole, whole other movie. So it kind of feels like, like we meet the junkyard girl and then like halfway through, it's like, okay, you're not going to be in the movie again until like the very end when he goes we, to England. That happens a lot. I mean, yeah. And his Optimus assistant, and like all the, you know, Autobots in the junkyard there. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's something to do with all the story points, Colin. I want to get your take, too. It's like things will be introduced and then be gone for like an hour or more, you know? And right. same thing with our villain or anything like that. Does that yeah, bother I mean, you? That little girl, that's the most uh, just outrageous one because, Jacob, it's you, you watch it and you're like, okay, so she's the lead of this movie with Mark Wahlberg. Right. And basically mm-hmm. when Gerard Carmichael at the end in that valley says – I brought help and it pans to a million Autobots we've never seen before and her on your left. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It is so reminiscent. Of everything of in this movie moment. is stolen from a more popular movie, right? True. So. It really does seem like that. That's funny. Um, you know, I, and there's, there's even little storylines. I feel like that don't come to completion. Her buddy squeak, a transformer mm-hmm. who she's Wally. sort of helping and saving does he ever transform in the way that she's setting up the entire movie? Like, I'm fixing him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, he gets the like Decepticon arm that they install on his body, which comes back at the, at the end. Um, but he, he's supposed to be a Vespa, but he never transforms. Yeah, I guess he never turns. Yeah. But he's not the only one who never transforms because Optimus Prime never transforms Until the on end, camera. The end, That's end, wild. Right? Oh, when yeah. when a truck shoots through the smoke. Outside right. of that, though, Mike, I got to say, I made a note this time. There were a lot of on-screen transformations that I actually felt yeah. really good about. Where I was like, "Damn, you know the um, the Hound roll-up." Because a lot of our characters, we should say, we've got most of our returning cast, let alone Autobots. Somehow right. returning Decepticons. We'll talk about that in a second. That I got very yeah. confused by. But Hound, yes. you know, a redesign, but looks sleek as motherfucking hell. He does like a little flip up. He transforms. We meet a ton of other people. Drift is red now, opposed to blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get all the Age of Extinction heroes back, and um, yeah. yeah, they do a lot of transforming on screen, and that that is that's good. You know, it, it's not little particles and nano machines. You know, it's back to the the good stuff. Right, and that's why like 
the way they set this movie up, I really like the beginning of this movie because like it opens up, you know, Cade Yeager's hanging out with all his Autobot friends from last time, living in a junkyard, like protecting Transformers, fixing them up and stuff. And then we get this girl and we think, oh, it's going to be like a father-daughter kind of relationship. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And then um, he's like, well, actually, you got to go on this quest in England. Uh, so see you later. Stay in the um, junkyard. Actually, the last night. Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> he's like, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. But right. I was so interested in like the, you know, the, the, uh, the IDF or whatever they are called. It's like hunting down transformers. And then we get, of course our buddy, Josh, right. He's the coming return. back kind of working for the bad guys. Um, but yeah. I just like that whole setup until, and then there's also the whole England thing, which is the plot of that kind of feels like it's, it's basically the Da Vinci code, right? Cause it's like the Knights Templar, but make it with transformers. Right. So it's like every famous person in from history was actually knew about the transformers they were yeah. a member of the Witwicky Order, right? The Wit- kind of a nod. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's like the Freemasons. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this on every episode, how it gets more and more tied with history, where the first one, it's like Area 51 is Transformers. The second right. one is Ancient Aliens and the Pyramids. The third one is the moon landing is Transformers. The fourth one is Dinosaurs Were Killed by Transformers. <laughs> and then the fifth one, it's like... Anything else? King Arthur, World hey, War II. Did you hear about dragons? Because yeah. dragons were also Transformers. <laughs> Whatever else oh, you wow. got, Transformers were there, right? Nazis. Right, which kind of like, <laughs> did the, you know, did the well, Knights know about watch Egypt literally and all killed that? Hitler. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we see Bumblebee in World War II, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, which but my cool, question yeah. is like, do all these history things retcon each other? Because like, do the... You know, do the knights know about the thing that was in Egypt the whole time? Like all these different things, like they never seem to interact. But uh, yeah, no continuity. Yeah, and I mean, the plot of this movie kind of kind of ruins the third movie a lot, right? Because that one was about uni- uh, about uh, Cybertron coming to Earth, and then this one's about Cybertron coming to Earth, just slightly in a different way. Which further kind of pushes my hypothesis of just these are sequels to the first movie and two and three don't exist yes you know that would make a lot more sense in that case and they even allude like sam witwicky they show his picture from his ebay page that he's kind of a part of it but you know archibald wasn't part of the witwick and order because i think he he discovered no, but when he discovered Megatron, he told everybody about it. He wasn't trying oh, to keep right. the secrets. He was crazy of the and blind. Right? He didn't form, yeah, some sort of like Mike saying, Knights Templar leaving clues throughout history. Yeah. Which is more right. confusing than why did he use the name with Wiccan? But I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they why they use that name. But then when you see all the, it's like, oh, Albert Einstein, Da Vinci, um, oh, Sam's grandfather, and also Sam. Um, <laughs> it's very strange. Oh, yeah, Harriet Tubman. Yeah. She was probably had better things to do than care about Transformers, but okay. So the Underground Railroad was a transforming train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to get yeah. out of here, Astro yeah, Train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Steam, very steampunk. Um, but yeah, so apparently all of human history is littered with the Transformers. We're, we're intertwined right. uh, with this. And then the bloodline of Merlin is our female lead, and that's why... Right. We learned, we learned that Stanley yes. Tucci's Merlin... <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> my special <laughs> guest. I put it up last time. Will he come back? I said he comes back as a different character. Now, in my mind, I was still like, obviously, he's also like the Steve Jobs guy. That That's just a fun thing they do at the beginning. 
No, Stanley Tucci only plays Not Merlin in this movie. Yeah. Drunk uh, Merlin. It would have made sense if like the Steve Jobs guy is also like a descendant of Merlin since they're played by the same guy, but I guess of that course. doesn't or working on the IDF, like, oh, we messed up. Use our yeah, technology to help right. fix it. But we do get the return of our favorite character, John Turturro, right? Everyone's favorite. Isn't he the same I character guessed. in this? Do they say his name? <laughs> I, yeah, he has Seymour Simmons. Crazy. He's How much do you okay. think he got paid for one shot at a phone booth? <laughs> the phone where booth? he's just talking, and at the end he goes, it's right. beach season, baby! Well, the thing is, he's so apparently in the world now, Transformers are hunted down everywhere except for Cuba, where it's like a Transformer paradise and they're allowed to live out in the open. And he's living in Cuba now, so he's living with the Transformers. So, right. I don't know. But he's doing something different in every movie. But I would have liked to see a movie see about that, Jacob. There's a <laughs> lot of big ideas in this yeah. movie. Because I guess, you know, Castro's cool with the Transformers, so... Which, why, why don't just more Transformers go there? But I guess that also explains why, you know, I was thinking, is Bumblebee just not loyal to Sam... But I guess since the fourth movie, they've been in hiding, you know, because they're all being hunted. So he really didn't have but a choice. But to we're not thinking him. about Bumblebee being loyal. We got Wheelie who's popping back in this thing and is like, Cade Yeager, you and me obviously <laughs> have always been best friends. You're like, no, absolutely not. Right. Well, and this is part of my thing is that there's a lot of different like sidekick characters in this because you got Wheelie. A lot. You got Squeak. You got, uh, you know, Bumblebee is always a sidekick. For a little bit, we get Terry and the little T-Rex. Yeah, you get the little mini-bot, well, okay. mini-dino-bots. I gotta ask about those things real quick. What in God's name are the little dino-bots that uh, Mark Wahlberg has? At one point, he picks it up and goes, God, you're doing so good. And then it burps and he goes, man, okay, you gotta remember to do that outside, though. I'm so proud of you. I love you. And then he puts it down and I go, what the fuck is going on? I assume it came out of some fire, kind of... Yeah. Uh, Dinobot egg, right? Well, we He's saw the Transformers them? are birthed from eggs. We, we saw that on uh, Rise of the Fallen, right? Or Dark Moon, one of them. Baby. He had it in the junkyard. So, yeah. There's one of each kind of that. There's a bigger kind. Yes. Of. So it's like they Why? each had a baby. They can reproduce asexually. They're ancient. They, they, you don't, we don't need. We don't understand their methods. These are <laughs> ancient Transformers. Okay? Right. And then the girl comes, and then after like a day. Uh, Katie Yeager's like, oh, you're like my daughter now. So, yeah, you're family. <laughs> I've always loved you. But he is, he's on the run, is estranged from his daughter. And then there's a moment when he calls his daughter and uh, Hound is like, all right, we're triangulating the signal. You know, you got 20 seconds. And then right. he talks on the phone for 37 seconds. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, he can't say so, anything because then they'll be Dad, tracked. He can only listen. I right, know you can only seconds. listen. So this time, actually listen. He's just kind of Get nodding. Laid. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it just shows the continuities with these movies is we've had them say five uh, Decepticons went down, six came up, even though only five came up in that previous movie. Now you have 20 right. seconds on the phone, but it's 37 seconds. So no one's paying well, attention to anything is all that I'm saying. Mike, <laughs> well, how about this? continuity. Well, I just want to say we're introduced to Megatron. He never acts like he's ever been Galvatron. And then later in a scene, right. he goes, yes. I need all of my famous henchmen. Now, I'm going to give you a list. Like, guys like Mohawk. <laughs> and you're like, yes. okay, hold on. Stop right there, Megatron. Well, first I of all, never whoa. met no Mohawk. Colin, I just want to say that I actually like this part. Well, first of all, obviously, it's kind of, you know, copied from Suicide Squad, right? With the introduction mm -hmm. with the text on the screen and, and stuff like that. But 
I like that they're actually giving Decepticons like more personality so you can actually distinguish them. Jake I Lyle mean, at least Mohawk it. and, you know, one eye laser guy, whatever. Zeus you know, Titan. Nitro Zeus. Retro Nitro Zeus. Sorry, Mike. Nitro Zeus. Right, guys. Can you, yeah, do we have a list of the other names that they throw out there? There was one that was like the Berserker or something. They're like, no way. No, no we're not, not, not doing that. We can't, we can't let him out. Yes, Jacob, I'm 100% yeah. with you. When they did that, every time I was like, they should have in every one of these movies cut two little vignettes of these idiots going like, and I'm the wild card. You know, it's so, it's so easy to immediately, like you said, put character on these people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are the, like, the only other Decepticons that I could really think of generally are Megatron and Starscream and, you know, whatever big boss happens to be in that movie. But this time, right. I guess Barricade, the police guy, he's been in a couple. But yeah, he's in this one somehow, even though I think Comes we've back. seen him die in two other movies. Right. Um, but yes, I was very confused. Uh, you know, why is Megatron there? What happened to Galvatron? Uh, he's got a new look now, which I, I kind of like. His new, like, face is like... He looks more human, but also just evil, right? Yeah. The shape is almost more like the cartoon look where it's got that wide, you know, bottom a little tapered towards the top. There's a like, lot oh, of okay, homages, Mike. We finally get trying. Frank Welker doing the actual voice from the cartoon. He's not doing like even just like the jokey kind of up pitch that he was doing for Galvatron. Like this is Megatron's original voice. He's got the side gun cannon, you know, that was mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the cartoon. And then that mm-hmm. face... Yes, I like it when it's got the, the you know, again, Tusks medieval, because everything's medieval themed in this movie. So yeah, it looks like around armor. It. Yeah. But the face, Jacob, the hu- the human faces they decided like halfway through this franchise that like all these robots deserve to have haunt me, truly. <laughs> I I didn't mind it, like, because I like the more human looking face. And then he has like blood on his face permanently or something. Yeah. Just makes him look kind of more scary, I think. Hmm. Um, well, then, should we talk about the other returning hero, our, our Optimus Prime, aka Nemesis Prime, in this? And all uh, my issue with this yes. movie is, it's fine that you get the heel turn, and we know that he's not going to be a bad guy forever. But the point is, he's in the beginning, and he doesn't show up for like at least another hour. Like he's in the movie for maybe ten minutes, and it's a two-hour and thirty-minute movie, right? right? And that's what they've always done. Is Optimus Prime is never in them. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, but he does get to use his catchphrase, Jacob. What's his famous catchphrase? <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> he says yeah. it three times. Right. Yeah, he loves killing. He loves. Uh, <laughs> he loves I think Nemesis kind of Prime is just really his true self finally yes, coming I out. I agree with that, Mike. Yes. They took well, away any of the turn. good programming. <laughs> Yeah. I do think it's funny that essentially he, in the last movie, he goes, he's going, I'm going to go back to Cybertron and find our creators and tell them not to mess with Earth. And then he immediately, in space, like gets frozen and then lands back on Cybertron and immediately uh, gets like controlled by uh, Quintessa, <laughs> the evil Quintessa. queen of Cybertron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really successful mission there, Optimus. Yeah, and as soon as she grabs him, he says, I'll kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. Right, yeah. And First thing he turns says. turns him evil. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then at the end, okay, there's a couple things I was confused by. Where did Megatron come from? And then the end. Why is he uh, not Galvatron? Yep. Optimus is controlled. And then the thing that makes him normal again is all of a sudden Bumblebee speaks. Oh, but mm-hmm. earlier in the movie, Your he voice. got like a voice thing, but it was a woman's voice. And he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a woman. I'm this not going to use that. This is not my voice. <laughs> Why did you do this yep. to me, day trader? 
But then at the yeah, end, yeah, Day Trader is a punk ass bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then at the end, he just starts speaking. So my question is, how did he start speaking again, and how did that turn Optimus normal again? None of that is explained ever. Mm-mm. I had so many questions. Or the fact that he's like, I haven't heard your voice since Cybertron. And it's like, but you heard it like in 2007. Right, yeah, four movies he ago. To stay with the this boys. This was a, <laughs> right. a very big plot point to us originally that we have been tracking normies in this. They have not mentioned B's voice box since the first movie where it got fixed and he <laughs> could talk at the end of it. And then this one they go, and of course, B, who can't talk. Yeah. Right. And they established that they had a voice box and he rips it out. And they never right. give him a new one. Right. And then he can just talk. And also, the voice box <laughs> he gets, it's like the wrong voice. But can't you just like, you know, fix it, it to change the voice sound? Like, that would wait, wait, you think these guys can just change whatever they want about themselves at any time? <laughs> so right. Do some sort of transformations. I want to go back. So I want to talk about the prime stuff. Mike, I am mm-hmm. so 100% with you. And yep. this is another one of those things where I keep making these mistakes where I'm like, oh, the thing in the second movie kind of reminds me of the space bridge. And then in the third movie, they're like, we're going to actually use the word space bridge for the MacGuffin. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then and if you guys recall in the last one, I was like, oh, Galvatron's kind of like Nemesis Prime. And this one they go, well, we should probably use Nemesis Prime. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's Michael Bay who gets told these things and then half listens and inserts them. And then they go, well, we don't really have more Transformers stuff we can do for the next one. We already use Nemesis Prime. And he goes, well, what's that word Nemesis Prime? And he goes, oh, don't you remember? We had that conversation last movie about making. No, no, no. I'll just use the word this time. It doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. he pulls the Fast and Furious 8. He's the evil Dom. He's turned on the family. Mm-hmm. But that's Mike, right. 10 minutes if that, I'm with Jacob at the top. When this movie starts, I'm like, ooh, the cross cutting's working for me. Everything they're setting up, like the Mark Wahlberg stuff, okay, yeah, the government stuff, okay. Ooh, floating in space, probably not smart, you dumb fucking idiot. You went up there very unequipped, it looks like, and got frozen immediately, <laughs> but ooh, okay. Now we're setting him up to be the bad guy, and then he doesn't show up for a fucking hour. Yeah. That's true. He doesn't that's do true. anything, and that's when we're spending all the time in the junkyard. We're getting our Suicide Squad intro. We're, you know, hanging out with Dinobots and stuff, and then he shows up for one fight against Bumblebee. Fight. Hey, well, yeah, you know, like the, you know, Mark Wahlberg, and then we're recovering the staff, and then Optimus shows up right at the end. Give me that. I'll kill you. And then he fights Bumblebee, and then he's fine. He's, that's two it's the scenes. same thing. It's it's the right. death in two where they kill him at the top and he reappears at the end. It's, mm-hmm. you know, being in hiding in the last movie. There seems to be this staple of Optimus is simultaneously the most important Transformer. We must make sure to showcase him in this film. But also, you know, he can't hold one of these movies, so don't cut him or use him that much. You just want to say, like, well, he could be he could be the lead of one of these movies. He's an interesting character if you would allow right. him to be. Well, we have Bumblebee. He's usually involved more with the humans, but Optimus, it's almost like he's so important that they only show him, you know, briefly, so that it's like it's more like the less is better because it makes his appearances more important. I don't know, but I kind of agree, you know, it would be nice to see him more. I think it's it's expensive 
to do any of the Transformers frequently, right? Obviously. Right. And, you know, this had a pretty big budget. And I just feel like this movie is most guilty of having the least Transformers action, it feels like, like minute to minute. Maybe, I mean, there's a lot of them in the junkyard, but the fighting, I don't, maybe I'm you, just, it feels Mike, too spaced no, out. you are... I am so into what you're saying. You are introduced in every scene. Like you guys were saying about the humans characters, so many supporting characters where you're like, okay, wow, Drift is back and he looks different. That's cool. Oh my God. Hound looks different too. That's cool. Oh my God. Crosshairs looks different. And you know, he's got like a a ship he's riding. This is all going to be so important later. They're talking to each other. This is cool. Shit. The dino bots are still in this equation. Okay. This cook. I mean, this thing is just getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Oh, who's this guy? The day trader. Wow. This is interesting. And then 40 minutes later, it's three humans on a submarine having a conversation for 15 minutes where you're just like, well, there were a lot of robot characters talking to each other at the top <laughs> well, of this movie, and I would love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's what I mean. That's the problem is that like it's like two movies. Like the more the more interesting movie I think was the was the junkyard stuff. Like you could have made a whole movie about you know Transformers on the run, hiding from the government, and all this stuff. I mean that that was kind of the last, the last one too. Movie, but yeah. like yeah, <laughs> but you know it, it's still I still think it's interesting. And then it's like they just kind of you know, weld this whole Merlin, you know, secret order plot oh, onto the side of it that doesn't need it. Like there's too much going on in this movie and it's like, okay. it has, it has enough plot for like three different movies. Again, this sucks. It doesn't help anything. This is what I was thinking the entire time. And, and let me pitch you guys if this sounds better. And again, mm-hmm. you know, who fucking cares? It's not the movie we got, but the entire time I was watching to what you guys say of, you can't do Autobots on the run again. That sucks. Okay. In the last movie, Autobots were on the run from human beings. And this one, the plot of the movie is that Decepticons are deputized by the government because they're looking for this end world MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. The Autobots aren't going to give it up. They think, well, the Decepticons can be the facilitators. We reluctantly have to give control to the bad guys. Now, from here, this whole movie can literally just be the stuff of, like we keep saying the junkyard, of these two forces chasing each other and... Right. If you don't want to do a repeat, because the Megatron story in this, which is non-existent, if you don't want to do a repeat of, well, you know, Megatron can't be the agent of Quintessa, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. on Earth, because if he is, that's him playing second fiddle to a third bad guy, you know, Sigma Prime or whatever I keep calling him the wrong name, Fallen. It's like, absolutely. Sentinel Prime. But how much more interesting would it be if, if we do get the heel turn of Prime, why wouldn't Megatron be working with him together and you see the two of them and he's almost like, comrade, brother, more, we will wipe out the Autobots. You know, they're like working together and stuff like that. You don't get any right. of that stuff. Yeah. Well, and this is just like Optimus is working for Quintessa and then gets turned good again. And then Megatron, he's just kind of shows up and then he's doing his own he's thing. Like, oh, I'm working with Quintessa now. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But like, I think the, you know, the beginning of this movie, Cade Yeager's introduction is so cool. So and good. then you have the setup with, with Josh Dumel working for these, you know, the government basically the bad guys. And you have that great like meeting between Josh Dumel and Mark Wahlberg where it's like, Oh, uh, you're Cade Yeager, the infamous uh, transformer guy that's it's on the law. run. Like I think 
there could have been a whole cool movie. And like Josh Duhamel is kind of conflicted about who he's working for. And there's that other guy that's like more evil in the group. Um, I think it, that could have just been a movie by itself. Yeah. I, and as much as I like seeing, you know, Michael Bay's King Ghidra in the beginning, um, this yeah. three-headed dragon. Um, yeah. You could eject that whole plot device and it's just, like you said, if you have Sentinel Prime and Megatron working together because he's like, we were brothers once, right? Like he, he says yeah. that, but to have that play right. out as they're on the same side for a little bit and the threat is Sentinel and Megatron against our heroes. Like that, and Bumblebee's got to step up. But Katie, you know, it's his buddy Optimus yes. Prime. I found a Transformer, right? It's like, that is a much more interesting movie. It's just not here. Yeah. We get there's there's about a medallion and a sword is made at one point off of a guy's arm. And truly, right. I'm just like, Times down I'm allowed to myself. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> well, every movie, there has to be some kind of grand conspiracy um, to, you know, in the plot just to make everything super confusing. But again, this is like totally ripped off. If you've seen the Da Vinci Code or read the books, like mm-hmm. it's totally ripped off from the Da Vinci Code, where there's a secret society. But in the Da Vinci Code, the, the girl character in that is actually the last descendant of Jesus instead That's right. of Merlin. Yeah, sure. So it's just like they took that and they're like, okay, let's make it dumber and with Transformers. And then it's, <laughs> you know. It's it's interesting, but also, you know, I was doing some research. This is the movie. So, they put together that, that writer's room to, like, mm-hmm. flesh out the lore and the backstory of the Transformers universe. This is the first movie they made after putting together that writer's room. That's okay. why there's, like, way more plot in this one and, like, oh, way more Jacob, backstory. What does that mean? What are the knights? Who is that original red guy who <laughs> right. hands, you know, drunk Stanley Tucci a toothpick? What did it mean that... <laughs> Optimus was a knight in the last movie, you know. Well, right, in the in Grimlock and the Dinos were were knights, knights I thought in the last one. So they should have were they even in the final battle scene? Like I don't even remember. I don't think so. He rides like, the dragon the because Autobots. you know, Optimus is going to ride something if it's if yeah. there's a beast in your movie, but other, I don't I don't remember seeing them. I don't yeah, remember them coming So along. there's the king yeah, there's the King Ghidorah that it's like five different ones that combine together, and then there's like the Decepticons, or like five Decepticons that make a giant like Decepticons, the Devil Decepticon. It looks like yeah. Smelter Demon from Dark Souls Two. If anyone yes. gets that reference, yeah. please tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you know, I'm right, right if you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, a lot of combining. But the other thing too is, it's like almost everything's done in service of almost a trailer, right? Like the dragons in the movie, yeah, but not much more than he was in the trailer. You right. know, the Nazi Sentinel stuff, in not it. really in yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I did that. like that scene of Bumblebee just fucking up some Nazis. Though. That was right. Who doesn't? Cool. And that's great. More of that maybe. But yeah, everything in here is like just a piece for a trailer that looks great. And like yeah. even in Age of Extinction, the Dinobots weren't in it a lot, but they had like one fight that was decent and then they kind of run into the final confrontation. This is just what's something cool for the trailer? Dragon. Is it going to factor into the story? No. Not All right. Really, yeah. Great. Right. King Arthur totally. battle. We're going to have one of those. Swords are huge. And you're like, swords yeah, we'll are huge in this movie? We'll have King <laughs> yeah. with a sword. But guess what? It's one Obviously. Time. Yeah, and Optimus just has a sword now from the last movie, I guess. He just always uses it now. And Optimus, my God, you can still fly. And yet, you don't fly. You were just coming back from space, which you flew to. Fly right. us to the, the objective, The one time he's please. flown... The one time he's flown in this whole series without the help of external pieces was at the end of the last movie where he flew off into space. And froze. Maybe it's Jets froze. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, the powers come out of nowhere. Oh, the continuity yeah. is mind-bending. Um, so, we have speaking of continuity, too, yeah. 
I just want to ask, did you guys have a problem with the switching aspect ratios like every yes. shot jacob the close-ups on Wahlberg versus the the wide shots of everybody else i kept looking and right. i was like well, so was like, why are they making these more cinematic i'm pretty sure this was shot for imax 3d or something like that so but it's weird because some of the, it's not even scene to scene it's literally shot to shot like it'll be yeah. a shot that's like full screen like it's supposed to be IMAX and then a reverse shot that's widescreen yeah. and then it just keeps going back and forth and i was so confused so i never that. noticed it that much before oh, so you, right. now that if you look you can't unsee it because yeah like yeah. specifically when i noticed it was when uh British lady and Mark Wahlberg were meeting each other at uh, Anthony Hopkins' yeah, house. Sure. And the shot and reverse shots would go from widescreen to IMAX. Yeah. And what, I, what, what we figure happened is not all of the cameras were IMAX. But Michael Bay just said, fuck it. Just shoot the shot, reverse shot, and we're right. not going to fix it. We're just not going to so fix weird. You it could just post. Yeah, you could just crop the full screen shots. And I mean, I guess it was framed a certain way, but I don't think you're going to lose that much of the, you know, framing in these kind of things. Yeah, just it, just crop it and make it. Yeah, yeah that that's yeah, like so weird. hugely. So when we talk about people not caring, like literally you don't yeah. care if your shots match in a given scene. You yeah, know? right. Yeah, I noticed in a couple scenes, like battle scenes, even the, you know, the junkyard scene when they show up at the junkyard, it's like constantly switching. But um, yeah, even when I was, was pulling annoying. clips kind of for the for the video version of the, the show, like they would be in different aspect ratios. And I'm like, is this yeah. right? And, and yeah, it just depends on what the shot is. Yeah, some mistake. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Great I movie. guess can I segue then from that scene where it was noticed? Because we haven't talked about our uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins and, and Cogsworth's role <laughs> in all this. Oh, there, yes. there are other players. Magic. Here does exist <laughs> it came on a crashed alien spaceship and when you hear right. those is the first lines of your movie and you have well, academy award winner tony hopkins mm-hmm. this is what i just want to say about anthony hopkins this is a totally like a phoned in type role but he's yes. still so good like he's just such a good actor that even in this role like he's killing it and like I thought he was great, you know, just for a half. Like he probably didn't even try that hard, but he's still just like so I, fun. Jacob, to watch. I don't even think he got paid. I think they contractually, how they uh, compensated him was the scene where he's pushing people off of the um, the submarine, and he keeps saying, "You fat idiot!" And he's being like so <laughs> cool to those extras. I was like, this "Oh my mus- god, this museum is closed forever." Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. He's like giving the bird yeah. while he's getting away with yeah. Cogsworth. You know, he's, he's having a good time talking right. about robot dementia and all that. I mean, he's been in other, you know, bad stuff too, probably just for a paycheck. I mean, what, you know, what great actor hasn't been, but uh, it's just I, so funny to see him in this. Well, they had Kelsey Grammer. Story, they had, um, yeah, Francis you know, McDormand. Oh, that's them doing a fight off. I remember a story with Kenneth Branagh when he was directing the first Thor movie where he saw written on Anthony Hopkins script, N.A.R., and he said, um, Sir Tony, can I, can I ask you, what does that note mean? He said, oh, my God, are you kidding? I love scripts like these. I write NAR all over them. And they said, what does uh, NAR mean? He said, no acting required. I love parts <laughs> where there's no acting required. That's great. <laughs> so but I mean, even in the scenes in that he's job. in, like, yeah, he's, he's still, like, fun to watch. Like, he makes it interesting. Yeah. Like, the scene where he, he, like, shows up at the prime minister's office, like, he's just, like, yelling at the prime minister. Like, I loved it. Yeah, threatening them with the watch that killed Hitler, you know? He's yeah. got a, an old Boy. transforming tank that's falling apart, and it fires <laughs> a Cade Yeager who does not react. 
You no, know, he has a cane that they play the Transformer sound effect and it turns into a gun at one point and he shoots oh, yeah. Megatron at Stonehenge and says, you bastard. Yeah, That's and then he right. gets killed by Megatron, which is very yeah, sad. And then he gets blown up. Yeah. But, uh, here, okay, here's my question. So, Transformers, right? We've seen five movies of them. I still don't sure. understand how they work, right? So, they, they oh. scan a car. They can scan any car and become that car. You see Hot Shot. Hot Rod. Orig- or Hot Rod. Hot He's originally... A like an old Volkswagen or whatever, right? Mm. He sees Super a sports old, car, yeah. scans it, and then he turns into the sports car. And then when he transforms, he still looks like the sports car, right? So, yes. what would he if he transformed before he turned into the sports car? What would he look like? What would you know his what I mean? other like, parts additively, you know, compensate to? I have no yeah, idea. It's like when they transform, they look like the car that they normally are, but they can transform into any car as long oh, as yeah. they scan it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's never like made clear Jacob, how that works in this movie. Fucking Men in Black, a fucking space alien crashes his ship, and Kate Yeager gets inside it, and he's talking to a little green man for a minute who's a robot. <laughs> what the fuck is that thing? Right. Yeah. Which, wait. Which part? The one There's that Kate Yeager the gives him the pendant. The, the night crashes, and they go, "Oh, he was actually an ancient technology, you know, an older transformer." I thought that was something from the last, like the bounty hunter ship on the last movie. Like he was a prisoner of the bounty hunter. I wasn't clear on that. Like I wasn't even clear where they are in the beginning in like that no. war torn city. That's like the, the transformer war torn area. A mortar went like, off. And that girl, like she's orphaned by the war of Chicago. Right. So then she's just mm-hmm. living on the streets with, you know, a transformer. Um, you know, very strange. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know somebody else who was orphaned and uh, living with a robot. Right. <laughs> you know? And the first thing we see in this movie is that Autobot that protects her canopy getting brutally killed Get by, up. you know, the I government can't. forces. <laughs> yep. So, you know, way to start a movie. Totally, right? totally all over the place. Um, and the perfect character for totally all over the place is probably Cogsworth because he That's is right, all Cogman. over the place. Cogman. Oh, Cogman. Well, Cog- I was Cogsworth calling him Cogsworth is a in the last equally one. The good clock. name, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Cog- that the clock Cogman. from uh, Beauty and the oh, Beast? Oh, yeah, that's the Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Right, who cares? Can I so tell Cogman. you guys what Cogman is in the world of Transformers? I had to look this up. Please, Please do. Uh, I had no idea. So, a toy we have not touched on that is my favorite type of Transformer toy. Because, again, they break down into these different subcategories, right? Mm-hmm. There are these things called Headmasters. Now, eventually, these motherfuckers got so big and so complex, other parts of them became Transformers. So, Headmasters in particular, their heads popped off, and they were little guys in suits, basically. You would, like, unfold them, and they would look like little robots. When you would jam their heads into them when they transformed, stuff would pop out and open or whatever. Now, there was a cut scene in this. I found it on Transformapedia. Which, Normies, I will super recommend to you guys yes. because it's a very funny Wikipedia where they, like, like, make little universe. jokes to themselves. It is. Like, yeah, they'll just, nice. like, do, like, really silly things. I don't know, Mike. I love it. Um, I like it. Where Cogman was going to cut off um, Sigma Zero. What was his name? Oh, Nitro um, Zeus. Nitro Zeus. Sorry. He was going to yeah, cut yeah. off Nitro Zeus's head climb up to him, install himself as the head, body. and take over his body, essentially, to pilot him and he start should killing have, other guys. That would have been sick. He should have, like, an exoskeleton that he goes into yes. to become, like, a bigger thing. Absolutely, like he should. He totally should have that, yeah. 
Um, yeah. But what do we think about Coppin? You know, he's like... I hate him. <laughs> he's the greatest <laughs> character to ever grace cinema. He drives me crazy. In well, this the real picture. question... If you had to have one in your life, would you have C-3PO or Cogman? Oh, my God. That's kind a of the same. Probably Cogman. Cogman is actually less C-3PO wouldn't try to kill me, though. Right. Guys, if you guys were one of these dumb things who turned into one of these things, what size would you want to be? Would you want to go all the way down to the wheelie style, the, the, the squeak, mm. you know, sort of the halfway, mm. the size of a person style? Or would you want to be one of these things that are fucking 10 stories tall? I would want to be Mohawk, question. the deceptive. I would want to be exactly Mohawk, like too, Mohawk. because he's the in-between. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's, like he's like a human size. They said that when I first saw him, I was like, Mohawk is my spirit animal, and he might be my favorite Transformer. And here's the thing. Yeah. When you first see him, and then you second see him, and then you don't see him ever again. Well, he dies in the... Doesn't he die when they like attack the uh, junkyard? To tell. The, the deserted town tell. or whatever? Yeah, yeah I, I, think I think he so. dies in that scene. Was he a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, you don't see him at the end. He climbs on stuff. He's like a climby boy. I love that. I think yeah. he's a motorcycle. Yeah, he was all spindly. Yeah, he was... He was it's like a lizard. <laughs> yeah, he was iconic. He, uh, he had a, a look and a personality, which is more than 99% of Decepticons up to this point. Do you point guys have... A favorite standout after five movies. I know we were talking about Jetfire in the last couple. Like, I'm so far away from liking those early ones. I think mm-hmm. Hound might still be my favorite after everything's said and done. He's so He's distinct. Cut, yeah, the Hound was my front runner in the last movie. He cut down significantly on calling people bitches, yes. which is nice. Yeah. Thank you, so, God. And he has one of my, fa- my favorite line in the movie is when the girl Izzy, Ray, um, says, I want to come help with the final battle against Ragnarok. You know, it's like very dangerous. And he, the Hound's just like, oh, I'm no earth <laughs> I'm not your come dad. On. Yeah. yeah, I'm no yeah, earth yeah, parent. Let's go. Come along, you know. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. So I like, I like the, the trio of Hound, Drift, and Crosshairs. I'm glad yes. they brought them back. Um, and then I like the, the Steve Buscemi bot that just comes along, the, trader. the trader bot, Madness. which is like, why is he even in the movie? Because he doesn't really do anything. Um, he brings him Starscream's head. Uh, yeah, but and then him and John up, Goodman. But, you know. Yeah, which goes into my theory of the, you know the Big Lebowski. Him and Hound, John Goodman bot, have lines together, and I was like, this is this is crazy. They almost look That's like true. siblings. I was so into what you were saying. This yeah, whole like time. the same like, style of yeah. yeah. So very interesting, but it's like um, I, I would yeah. say. I would say the Jaeger era main Autobots are better than the Wiki era with Ironhide and Ratchet. Like, you know, yeah. say Bumblebee because he's don't the carryover. I don't miss Ironhide. I don't miss no. any of those fools. Ratchet, Ratchet was killed Jazz. in front of us. Very sad. But Ratchet, yeah. oh, Ratchet, I didn't say this at the time. Get out of Ratchet here. Ratchet had right. the death of a pedophile. Ratchet had the death <laughs> of what you would do to Freddy Krueger. The way he was like running from a town of people and saying, no, no, please, it's me. It's your buddy Ratchet. I didn't mean to hurt that girl. What are you? No, no. Right. And he was like banging with everyone. I was glad they killed him. But that's oh, also man. like a war crime to kill a medic. I think that's like against care. the Geneva Convention. Geneva Conventions, yeah. But um, it's just me, best, Freddy. I mean, those the three main <laughs> secondary Autobots in this are way better than any other Autobots except yes. for Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, basically. Yeah, and and Jetfire was a fun, I think, side character, but he wasn't a, yeah. a main a day player, shall we say? He's just so right. wild compared to these other ones. He stands out, but it's it's just you guys are right. It's not my favorite style, even though we have leaned more into the human faces. 
um, shinier, more metallic. I, I, I don't know. The second era is still, it just has so many great standouts. Yeah. I mean, even they're, they're more distinct and they have cool personalities that are less offensive than in the previous iteration. We right. don't have mud flap and skids man. anymore. Thank no. God. Yeah. Mud flap and, and skids are um, your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no way. But we do get uh, a new one in this one. Hot, hot rod. He has like a French accent and they're like, is he French at one point? And they're like, he's like, no, he just likes the accent. So I thought that was interesting. (laughs) But he has a time gun, which is awesome. Yeah. I didn't understand that time gun. There's one point where they used it and then Hound shoots like a bunch of bullets at Megatron and they use the time gun to like slow them. And then all of a sudden they all hit Megatron. I thought that was interesting, but. Kind of Very saves the heroes when they're falling. A lot of big ideas. A lot of just stuff happening in this movie. Well, that's why I think so much yeah. is packed into this one because it was that whole, you know, 14-person writer room that's, like, expanding the lore. So there's, like, so much exposition and stuff in this one, but it's like they cr- try to cram too much in. But, Jacob, can you imagine being the guy and you're like, and I got the day trader in. I'm one of the 14 guys who came up with the character, right. the day trader in, but I got him in there. It's not, here's the issue, because we said it's the same era of the Marvel stuff. Now, you're going to go, Normies. Colin, it's so dumb that you say this movie's long at two and a half hours. There's a lot of Avenger movies that are that time length or longer. Yes, the reason that they feel shorter is, and it's almost an insult, I'll I'll ride with you. Hmm. They are so basic in their plotting I never feel lost or confused. There, the, when when this film goes from, like I keep saying, two sets of heroes underwater for so many beats of action to come up to do more beats of action to set up a final action set piece where then everybody's on helicopters landing on other terrain that I don't even understand. Like by the end of it, I the scope wise. You get it from Michael Bay's perspective of, well, what? You want me to make a small and intimate movie? These things only make a billion dollars at this point. I have to go bigger, 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 bigger. But Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for that adrenaline. I'm asking to understand what I'm watching. And we keep bringing it up, Jacob, but what we're watching is a Frankenstein. We're watching something that has no idea what it is because it's so many things. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's like if you compare it to like Infinity War – that yeah. movie's really long, but there's like a ton of different characters, like that's all set up by previous Marvel movies. There's, and there's a lot more to show, so you're never like feel like the movie's dragging because it has so much different stuff to cover. Whereas this one, you know, it's mainly you know Mark Wahlberg and uh, the British lady. You know, in in the the second half of it, I feel like that's when it started to drag. You're right, like when they get on the submarine, and it's not really clear all the time what's going on and stuff. So. Yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't think movies should not, you know, always be, you know, two hours at most. I think there are good long movies. I just think, you know, a movie, if it's over two and a half hours, it has to kind of justify the length. Yeah. Yeah. Fight for what you're putting in there. Yeah. And I think. And I don't feel like any of these Transformers movies justify their length. No, no. I think I think every single one of these movies has scenes and sequences that could be completely removed, you know, and they say. 
you know, editing for cinema, it's killing your babies, learning to kill your babies. You know, you, we film the sequence, you care about it, but does it work in the context of the film? Does it drive the story forward? There's a lot of stories, like even the junkyard scene, you could cut that down to like three minutes instead of 20 minutes. And it would right. accomplish the same kind of goal as far as getting Kate Yeager. You got to go to England. Okay, I don't even need to meet this girl or talk to Grimlock. Just tell me I need to go to England. And instead of taking an hour to get to that point. Yeah, right. there's, and that's why. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, there's five points in this movie where Anthony Hopkins and God love him because I'm sure he was very happy to get this paycheck and they want to mm-hmm. use him, but just pontificates what's happening to no one but drives to other locations to do these things. And as an audience member, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Even being on the phone with Totoro, we like him, but all those conversations where it's like, I know the secret of the thing. It's like, we don't need that. We just need to know that Anthony Hopkins knows the shit's in the library. Like, you can cut all of that stuff, but... So, yeah. I guess, you know, it's nice to see... Yeah. To bring John Turturro back a little bit, you know, it's he's kind of a, I don't know if he's a fan favorite, but... Uh, he's one of our fan out. favorites. He was for the in Norwich. the originals, yeah. But um, He's the only, him and Josh Duhamel are both in four out of the five movies. I four think out of the, the five, that's right. Wow. That many. Which is the most, yeah, besides the robots. No one's been in five out of five. Correct? Yeah. But I agree with you about the, you know, the junkyard stuff. That's why I kind of thought it would be more important in the movie because they do spend so much time there in the beginning and then, you know, they set up this Isabella character like she's going to be important. And then she just disappears for like most of the second half. And then she shows up at the end, kind of sneaks onto the helicopter that she's not supposed to be on or whatever. And then she's just there. But it's like, why is she like, there's really no reason for her to even be in this movie. Like if you're going to when the camera, you can make yeah. a movie about her story, like that would probably, you know, you could make a whole movie that way. But it just feels like she has no purpose in this movie. Yeah, and the little little robot, you know, squeaks, it does something in the end battle, but it's like you could also just not have that. And it's right. fine. Yeah. I'm not gonna miss it, right? So they try to Yeah. We're pretending like there's an arc when all we had was like three scenes, right? And that's the problem. Yeah. Then that, none of these characters yeah. have a presence throughout the film. And you say um, that you know, you say they're like Ray and BB eight. That guy also like Wally. He's basically Wally. That's right? true. Yes. And I just like the I love that. Yes. Yeah, because J.J. Abrams is going practical for the fourth. BB-8 was practical. Michael Bay is like, I, I want to practical. You, that's why Mike. <laughs> but at the same time, he doesn't look like any Transformers that we've seen. Like no, he's like a totally ever. different species. <laughs> True, so. but so is Wheelie is a different species too. Um, <laughs> so are the brain. dinosaur yeah. babies. I don't understand any of these monsters anymore. Dino babies. Um, yeah, who knows? One thing I do want to shout out though, like... The Transformer lacking aside, you know, I like Mark Wahlberg's performance in this. And, like, the final action scene, you know, after after Optimus Prime decapitates 12 robots at once, um, yeah. and we're getting the final fight, it's very exciting when the debris is falling and they're inside the room that's tipping and falling over and they're sliding down things. Like, yeah, it was really cool to see. Like, when Michael Bay is on with his, like, visual, visual spectacle, it's, like, pretty exciting. And I was, like, engaged during kind of the more human moments when Mark Wahlberg and the British lady right. are sliding down and they have to reach the staff and they're getting stopped well, in a thought- time bubble. That was good. To me. Yeah, I thought the whole, um, you know, the, the helicopters are pr- like crashing and then all the army guys, like, I thought that whole battle was pretty well done compared to some earlier battles in the series. Like, I think they really kind of nailed the war feel of it. Um, you know, the soldiers 
kind of under fire and stuff. Like I really like that stuff. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, with, with them going into the, the room and everything, I thought that was all really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you get the JPL guy, um, Tony Hale, he, he wants him to like knock it off Buster its rings, you know. Tony Hale is just in the background of this movie. He's literally called JPL Engineer. Like they didn't Physics. even give him a name. Hilarious. Right. We gotta yeah. use science. <laughs> it's the worst idea you yeah. could ever have. Yeah. Which Again, at one point like, them. yeah, so when, you, when Cybertron like comes to Earth, it cuts the moon in half, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like game over even if they you know yeah survive this attack like doesn't that like fuck up the environment We're like doesn't done. that mess with the tides and stuff if the yeah. moon is cut in half like i think that would some have some big ramifications on us the ecosystem would not recover <laughs> i think uh, from that we need the transformers to fix the moon mm-hmm. yeah that's dark of the moon construction site let's go let's fix the moon yeah. here well there's a little callback where you see like the ship from darker the moon right that's so right. Sentinels well, they ship. show the pyramids they show hong kong again it's like i'm wondering if they're just like ah, we got we got some plates that we filmed before some old cd yeah. just use those it's cheaper surely they know this is it right like regardless they what michael wants six transformer movies on his on his docket well, no you think five they know who knows but then they I do hope. a tease for yes. Unicron. So it's like, yeah, this is right. going to be the end of it. But then you've set up a sequel like more explicitly than any of the other well, ones have. And once again, Mike, you know, I keep saying the cribbing that they do of using stuff and then setting it up for later, using stuff and then setting it up for later. A planet comes to Earth and tries to swallow our planet. It's Cybertron, but that is Unicron's M.O., Whatever they're doing at the end of this movie where they're like, actually, Unicron was the Earth and, you know, it's setting up for the next one where we'll all fight him somehow, even though he's the planet. So he'll be like a mouth that comes out and like Optimus will punch it or whatever. Like that is nonsense. That would make no sense. I think they kind of it it could go either way because they leave it open-ended like the show quintessa is like disguised as a human at the end but they also kind of wrap it up in a way where that could be you know the finale with all the autobots going back to cybertron or whatever so it feels like it both could be a conclusion or a continuation depending on how the box office turned out well all the autobots are coming to earth because you know homie prime was like this is the one planet i've ever called home and now we're safe everybody come home what am i doing and we're but bringing I thought, all oh, the Autobots back to the I thought in the end the he planet. was saying all the Autobots are going to leave Earth and go back to Cybertron to like rebuild it. I could be totally wrong because my brain was coming out of my ear by yeah. the end of this. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, at that point, I, I just saw static. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to tweet me. I mean, it's got to end on some kind of generic, you know, motivational speech by Optimus and then... Not a Lincoln Park song anymore, but, you know, we wish it was. Uh, well, the worst, Jacob, the how is it not Imagine drop. Dragons? This one has yeah. a dragon in it. Oh, you're right. right. This, this one was by X Ambassadors, and it was just called uh, Transformer, I think. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, not 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 a good needle drop. Just give me a, more Lincoln Park. This would have been my favorite one, maybe, even though it's bad. <laughs> um, anything else? Before I do final thoughts, I just want to, you know, throw a couple notes Again, yeah. the strongest thing is Kate Yeager. I like Mark Wahlberg. I would have seen a sixth one of these with him. Yes, I would have too. And stripping him of his family made him stronger and more entertaining. Just letting him exactly. be exactly. him, you know? And th- this thing where there's a split between 
the Witwicky era and the Jaeger era, if you act like four and five are sequels to one, where there's one universe where the Transformers work with the government and a second universe where they're chased by the government because they're not trusted. You know, I like the second version better with Cade Yeager, you know, and are they perfect? No, they're pretty boring. Do I want to watch them again? I don't know, but... Um, but Mike, right. it's the it's the moments where they make him, you know, such the hero where you do feel Mark Wahlberg sort of bleeding through that I am at the lowest, where literally Optimus turns to him and says, they're about to execute me, Cade Yeager. And he's like, I've got the force. And he produces a lightsaber from his arm and somehow <laughs> stops the power of a transformer swinging a sword, you know, that's the size of right. a well, skyscraper at him. Biceps. When you guys yeah, started I, watching this movie. Did you think that the titular last night was going to be Mark Wahlberg? I almost said that at the top because we should talk about the title. I almost said at the top, did you, would you have ever guessed, Normies, we're here to answer it for you. Kate Yeager is, of course, the last night. Now, no, why? I, no idea. Yeah, I assumed that Optimus Prime of was course. the last night. Right. Because of, that's what they said in the last movie, I thought. Yeah, we, mean, we were nights. told that he was such. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, he was chosen because he's honorable and also he I doesn't d- have sex. It's mm-hmm. just, again, guys, this you keep talking about the writer's room, Jacob. The idea that they would go, okay, well, slow down, slow down. We really got to plot these out. Let's start planting these seeds. Let's put in some medieval stuff. That's the avenue we're going to go towards. Right. You almost get Thrones. the idea that, like, oh, yeah. you know, he had a whole book, Michael Bay, that was like, conspiracy theories and he's like you know to each yeah. one he just adds transformers and the and he's like transformers <laughs> totally, and bigfoot totally. no that's not gonna work okay ancient transformers aliens. and oh ancient aliens that's a good idea we'll yeah. circle that one okay and the bermuda triangle no x that one out too right. there's nothing to me why medieval i hate it i hate well, that this is where i'll it tell ended. you Colin, because it's truly you know like i said the da vinci code you know, Knights Templar, Illuminati has been kind of a conspiracy thing for a long time. Freemasons, yes. it's all mm-hmm. kind of the same thing or like just different names for the same thing. But so I, I f- think it was a good idea to do that because it's like you've done all these other conspiracy theories. Might as well throw the, the Freemasons in there too. Well, if I could throw a conspiracy theory out at you, I think Michael Bay goes into the writer's room. He's got his 14, no, let's say 13 Knights of the Round Table. Michael Bay's at the head of it, right? And he <laughs> yes. says... I want to put a dragon robot. So figure out how yes. to make that. That yeah, is make a third explanation for why there would be a dragon <laughs> robot. Yeah. 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 One's a, a demon. Uh, like, what kind of demon? And he's like, no, no, no. You know, when it gets hit, it'll turn into six little demons. And you're like, well, Michael, slow down. You're going too fast. Yeah. Right. And I need <laughs> yeah. 10 decapitations. Yeah. Of right. Course. So I think yeah, he just I mean, wanted again, a dragon. It's just like, Someone, it's like a uh, medieval, I guess, tie in Freemason. Yeah. Okay. But it's really, this movie just feels like just an amalgamation of everything that's po- been popular in the last, you know, 15 or mm. 10 years. You've got Game of Thrones medieval stuff. You've got the Suicide Squad introductions. You've yes. got Ray. You've Star got Wars, you know, yep. Star Wars. You've got um, all Avengers, these different things. Bringing the team Avengers. Left, I right? like yeah. everything you're saying. It just does not work together. Yeah. Not when you get like. Like, it's like a tapas plate. Like, you're getting, like, just a little morsel. Like, it's you're not getting a whole dish of any of these things, no, right? You're not right. getting full off them. And at the end, you're just kind of unsatisfied. Like, I've, I've eaten 15 different flavors, but I'm still hungry. Right. 
And even yeah. you, I don't know if you guys have seen the Da Vinci Code movies with Tom Hanks, oh, but I'm I telling you, I think Michael Bay like watched the Da Vinci Code before making this movie and was like, let's just steal a bunch of this and put do it you, in do, here. But do you want better? I think this is how most of his decisions are made. I bet he was up to direct the second one. And Michael Bay had a couple, you know, treatments that he did to go like, this is what I want to include. And then when that falls through, he's like, putting that one in the bin to use later. Right. And he just pops it out. The only thing I think they should have done to make this even better was involve the Holy Grail somehow and, it, and have <laughs> make it like an ancient Cybertronian relic what? that... Are you saying, hold on. <laughs> See, are you saying if I drink this, I'm going to live forever, you old Knights Templar that I found in the basement of this Transformer? And it's literally like the ending of Last Crusade that they just like that let Mark Wahlberg play out. I would love <laughs> that. Yeah. That would be great. Don't pick the wrong cup. He's literally yeah. robot Jesus at that point. <laughs> I would love it. Oh, it, yes. it's like if you had to pick the cup, like from the scene in Indiana Jones, but one just has like an like the uh, Autobots sig- insignia <laughs> on it. I was gonna say, but this one, one turns into a little like animal as it skitters away. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's was the right. Transformer. <laughs> oh man, that's another dumb moment. They're like, they open up Merlin's tomb, and they're like. He's just got a regular stick. And it's like, you don't think that's yeah, going to be a transforming like a good- stick? <laughs> of course, you yeah, he throws it away. He's like, just a dumb stick. Just let the what girl... We, if, we yeah. came all this yeah. way for this? He flips out. But if she would have just touched it, it would have immediately transformed. But right. it doesn't matter because they just give it right to Optimus because I will kill you. And then Cade says, give him that's the stick. Right. And, right. and then and Megatron I do like, takes um, it. Speaking of Merlin, I do like Stanley Tucci as Merlin in the beginning of this where he's just like a drunk guy who's like... I, I need your transformer stuff. <laughs> it, it's like you, you get you get the battle scene in Game of Thrones. You're like, dang, this is epic! And then the tone is immediately Michael Bade when he's like, "One more nip, I'm going to keep drinking." Right. It's like, God, and keep, he's like, I just you know, because you just say Game of Thrones. Keep saying pop culture stuff, guys, because everything you're bringing up, I'm realizing more and more is why it's in this movie. It's like Game right. of Thrones was popular at the time. Well, we gotta put some Game of Thrones in it. Well, you know, Ray and BB-8. It's like, well, yeah, we can get Ray and BB-8 in there. <laughs> like, it just it is crazy. It is wild. Yeah, probably the Born Identity a little bit too, or the Born series maybe I, going if on. These yeah, things had the kept going. A hundred percent. Let me tell you right now, Cade Yeager would have put an Iron Man suit on in the next one. He would have had a Transformium sure. suit. It would have been like, yeah. so Optimus, you're telling me if I if I do this, whoa, what he would just be flying through the air, shooting lasers, yeah. and I would be here for it. Now that he's a knight, yeah, and and even Bumblebee can disassemble and come back together like a Iron Man, Man Three. Best action sequence of the movie, absolute cool. banger. Mike loved that yeah. scene. It was a copy of another movie, but it was well done. Wow. Yeah. Michael Bay is going to Michael Bay. Um, yes, he, is. he did say uh, at this uh, press conference or something or an interview, he's like, li- literally, even if people complain about these, they're still going to go see them. So he's like, I don't <laughs> care what you think about me or my movies. <laughs> I don't like I'm that smugness. But we do see that he's painful. learning some, you know, learning from some things in the past movies, like making his, you know, movies less, you know, sexually exploitative, you know, that kind of thing. So he's getting a little bigger types. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most tame as far as those things, I think, right. of all of them. Right. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, the, the the only thing I don't like is that they did force the romantic relationship between Cade Yeager and the British lady. Because, like, does that really need, like... You, you could just have two main characters without them being, you know, romantic. But every but romance they had in to shoot is forced. So, yeah. I mean. Jacob, um, can yeah. I solve something for you? 
doesn't it make a million more narrative sense to make the little girl the descendant of Merlin, if you're going to even include all these people in this story anyways? Just have them all end up in England together. He doesn't need to bang her, because she's a kid. She's 14 years old. We don't need to have old. the Oxford lady, right. yep. But why would, I mean, I guess stuff. why would she be a descendant of Merlin if she's from America, though? Oh, what? And, you know, Come people on. move. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And by the way, we should mention, um, you know, British lady, I forget her name, I'm sorry, but um, played sorry. by Laura Haddock, who's mostly known for being Peter Quill's mom in the Guardians of the Galaxy. You're uh, oh, yeah. kidding. I did not yeah. put that together. Huh. Nice. So that's, that's her most known role outside of this movie. Wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's probably for the best. I don't know. I don't yeah. think I would want to be a part of this. Again, this is the least offensive Michael Bay Transformers movie, so that's got to count for something. Um, if we don't have anything else uh, to cover here, maybe it's a good time to jump into our final thoughts, and then we'll oh, one other uh, as well after Jacob's last in the movie. Yeah. One other little reference I wanted to mention. In the beginning of the movie, we get a little stand-by-me group of kids, right? And they say, oh, yeah. you want to see a dead Transformer? And then they go look for a dead Transformer. So that's a little stand-by-me Basketball is my girlfriend, Jacob. Nice. So that kid nice. shirt says. Oh, wow. Nice. A good catch. All right, well, we'll catch you on the other side of this. Final thoughts. We're back. Don't roll out yet. We're talking our final <laughs> thoughts here on Transformers, the fifth Michael Bay film, the final Michael Bay film, Transformers, The Last Night. Um, you know, in my opinion, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Normies. It kind of feels like we're limping to the end here. It's not that this is such a dour note to end on. Like we said, I actually think there's some really good uh, stuff inside this film. It's just we have become, in my opinion, I don't want to talk for you two, so hyper aware of the Bayism of it all that mm-hmm. I just feel like when I watch these now, there is a certain numbness that takes over to me of, okay, when's the slow-mo going to start? Okay, this looks cool. Here it comes. Okay, okay, what name Transformers am I getting in this one? Okay, here's two or three. Okay, yeah, no, I'm liking how they look in this one. You know, we're just approaching it so clinically now. I did enjoy this one. You know, I'll ask you both this before our final thoughts, but I asked Adam last week, our guest, to check out the Age of Extinction episode and check out the Cargo mm-hmm. Bay. We love him there. Um, if he would ever watch this movie again or even like within the next year, I think this one, The Last Night, you buy this one on Blu-ray, you throw it on your TV, you mute it. We're at a party, Jacob. You're having some drinks and a girl says... Well, what is this Mark Wahlberg movie where everybody's upside down and he appears to have a sword? You know, and you're laughing. Like, I, I think this is one you could have on. It looks good. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, to me, it's the most watchable. It's the most entertaining. So, you know, I would say to Adam, if he's listening, you should watch this one because I would actually say uh, it's the, you know, it's the best of the Michael Bay Transformer movies. I'll, I'll stand by that. Wow, that's wild. Wow. I mean, I think it's I'll better be than number one. Um, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to have to get a full, we'll, yeah. we'll do full rankings at the end. I'm not there yet. I still think this is the first, but I'll, I do think it's uh, probably the second strongest. So we'll see when I get around to that. Interesting. Um, I think this with, is, 
Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm just saying, like I said right before the transition, this is the least offensive of them, which means Michael Bay is kind of reeled back on the things that most people find abrasive, including myself. So you're kind of left with what he's good at, which is large scale action. And he's had five attempts at it. So it's gotten a lot better. And like the World War II set piece, awesome. The Bumblebee being separated set piece, awesome. Like the final battle is pretty good. So when Michael yeah. Bay is able to do what Michael Bay does, it's it's impressive. He's got an eye for spectacle. It's just when that other stuff starts to overtake the movie as a whole that they get kind of painful. This wasn't painful. It was long and a little confusing, but I, I was yeah. not in as much pain as I have been for the other you know Transformers movies. I think, you know, it's close. I think this one, it wouldn't work as the first movie in the series. So I think Transformers 1 had to come out, you know, for the rest of these movies to happen. But I think... Just something about, you know, firing this movie up, you know, Cade Yeager's introduction, seeing all my old Autobot friends. Um, like, you know, I just, you know, again, maybe it's the Stockholm Syndrome, but I'm just growing, you know, it's growing on me in a way that I can't explain. Gun to my head, like I have a weird, morbid fascination now with watching them in the one, four, five order. I don't yeah. think I should do that in the next well, five don't... years. <laughs> It's true because I don't think two and three, you could totally just lose those and you wouldn't lose anything in the overarching mythos of the Transformers series. And the mostly three, I mean, all of three is pretty much happens again in five. So it's like the entire point of three is purposeless, basically. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Two, and you know, two for not having a script. I went back and listened to some of our previous episodes. I was so complimentary in that episode about how toyetic it was, how close it was to the animated series. Now it almost feels quaint, right? You know, there, it's just <laughs> grown and grown and grown so much to its own thing. I still hold it in regard. It's really that script that's just fucking holding it down. It's, it's maybe even. I feel like maybe even one is just sinking so much further because it just seems so small compared to the rest of these movies. Yeah. I think for me, two is easily the worst one. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the fallen is the worst villain and worst kind of MacGuffin setup to the plot. Um, right. Well, yeah, I want to get to the rankings, but I have two things I want to cover. First of all, yeah. there's a YouTuber somewhat controversial, the Doug Walker channel. Awesome. The Nostalgia Critic. Oh, yes. He did do a review of this without watching it. And he said, mm. here's what's going to oh, happen. Wow. If they're really desperate, they'll bring back Josh Duhamel, John Turturro and Stanley Tucci. And if they're super desperate, you might get a uh, Shia LaBeouf cameo. It's right. like they're going to be something on the moon. There's going to be an ancient prophecy. You know, he, he literally called everything that was going to happen and it all happened in this, in this film. So, they're formulaic is what I'm saying. Um, and to talk the timeline of skipping two and three, I think there sh- is a perfect universe. And in this alternate universe, there's a Transformers series that started with Transformers 1 that focuses yes. on Megan Fox's Michaela whose yes. father is Cade Yeager, Yeager. But he's yes. Michaela yes. Yeager instead of a, an adventure. Yes. And that yeah, is our series. Yeah, they could have just made, replaced yeah. his daughter with like Michaela, and I think that yes. would have totally worked. Yeah, and like that's the relationship. And then she meets Sam Witwicky. He just got out of the joint. It makes sense. Well, you could right. actually combine them and have Sam Witwicky be the boyfriend character from the last movie. Oh, and he hates and have, Sam Witwicky. Yeah. Oh my god, and that's such a better. That could series. be a great ensemble. One thing I want to mention, you know, we've talked about our 
Fast and the Furious crossover idea Trans- with the Transformers, Trans- right? Yep. <laughs> I would bring Cade Yeager back in the yes. Fast and the Furious movies with yes. Transformers. He's got to be. He's got to interact with the. the can I the ask family. you guys this? There's mm-hmm. been some other talk um, with Universal stuff. Now, this was a Paramount we, we talked about. So, it has to cross over with other Paramount. We don't care. We're crossing it over with Fast and the Furious. There's been talk that they want to cross over Fast and the Furious with the Jurassic <laughs> World franchise. I heard about that. Guys, yeah. we've got Dinobots <laughs> in this thing. Grimlock goes up against a real T-Rex. Let's get some more real dinosaurs sure. in this thing. Oh, I guess man. you bring... Chris Pratt's character from Jurassic World with Cade Yeager with, with the Cade Fast Yeager, and the Furious. With Tyrese from Fast and the Furious. They all come together, Jacob. <laughs> right. Was was Tyrese in this one? He was I think no. he parachuted with Is no, he's, there, he's there was a guy that looked like him that I thought yes. was him for a second, but Very it's just close. a different guy. <laughs> I wasn't on Tyrese watch yeah. this time, but yeah, combine all these universes if they're gonna be dumb, because at a certain point. That's what Fast and Furious did after like Fast Five. It turned a corner where it's like, we're going to be dumb, but it's right. not like Transformers dumb. Like they're kind of endearing. These are still some, as a franchise, I guess is our last one. And I'll kind of throw my rankings out there first. Let's say I still stand by it being the worst major film franchise. I am probably Stockholm syndromed by uh, Mark Wahlberg's abs or something. But again, you know, the order would be for quality for me is one five four three two wow. and, and that's one, kind of five, where four, i three two yeah and i would only ever watch them again in one four five order like to see if that worked but that's not going to happen anytime soon i think so yeah well one, five, four, can, three, two. I, I apologize for interrupting you i was thinking about this the entire time normies you know, Mike here made the awesome uh, Godzilla versus Kong cut that took out all the stuff we didn't like. Mike, mm-hmm. is there any chance you're going to make an awesome Transformer movie that just takes out all the shit we do not like? The thing is, I could try that. What I would really want to do is just use a computer and deep fakes to get Mark Wahlberg to be Michaela's dad yes. and just redo the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll that would have made so much sense. Um, Hindsight, for me, yeah. I think if I was going to rank them, so my problem with one is I think it's a good introduction to the series, uh, you know, good in the sense for, you know, in the context of this series, but it seems so much more small stakes compared to some of the other movies where it's like world ending consequences, whereas this one, the first one just feels so kind of old fashioned in that way, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about, you know, that movie came out in 2007. The fifth movie came out in 2017. So that's a decade apart. Jesus you know, Christ. A lot changed. Yeah. But um, I guess I would still probably put one. I'll put it at the top just because it was a, it was a good introduction. The OG. <laughs> yeah. And then I would I, say I, five, four, three, two. So, yeah. okay. One, five, four, three, two. And I, I think, think that's for the, the time that it was ranking. made. We were very impressed by the first one, even the effects, too. And so, to think of it being a decade yeah. older than this one, it, it does get some points, I think. I mean, yes. does is The Last Night have better effects than the first one? I think probably, but it's, you know, a decade newer, so it makes sense. I think for 2007, the first movie had really good effects, especially for the time period. It's more impressive grading on a scale, I think, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Colin, how about you? You guys like uh, Quintessa more than Lockdown? I think oh, Lockdown man. was a cool character because he was just kind of outside the whole 
you know, Autobots versus Decepticons. He was kind of uh, outside of it all. Colin, you're you're killing me, actually. There's no good bad guy, Mike, for this most recent movie. Number four to me just is like a mm. perfect film. And I, I know that now we've got the distance on it. And literally in the last episode, all three of us said we couldn't remember anything that happened <laughs> in this movie. But now I'm like, it's it was ideal. I don't know, Mike. For me, four, what brings four down is the, is the dynamic between... Cade Yeager, his daughter, and the boyfriend. I think that's <laughs> why he's that better stuff. in this movie. Right. Um, if his daughter was Michaela the whole time, I think it would have been much better. Uh, Michael Bay, you should hire us to remake the Transformers movies, but we'll make it very similar to the, the original movies, but we'll change small details like that. Yeah. So, hire us. Colin, you make a compelling argument. And I, I said last time that four was my favorite besides the first one. And it comes down to Cade Yeager. Cade Yeager is much Cade stronger Yeager. in five. Um, but the Transformers and the villains, like I like Galvatron, even though he's in it for five minutes. I like Lockdown a lot. I like the Battle of Hong Kong. I like the Hound, right? There's a lot of things that I enjoy. The Dinobots the are fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, I um, like Megatron's design in this more than Galvatron in the last one. And they're basically really? the same character, right? Yeah, just from a design toss-up. I I almost want to go back and do a one, four, five, three, two. It's just because there's less weird Michael Bayness in the fifth one. Again, it's less abrasive. So if you're able to kind of take that on the chin, four is better. But if that stuff really annoys you, five would get the edge. I think that's where the line is drawn, right? How much tolerance do you have for Michael Bay bullshit? If you have a little bit more, four is probably the second best film. Right. Yeah. We pretty much well, all agree that five and four are better than three and two. Yes. I'll say it one mm-hmm. more time. Cut the them all out. dog shit. And if Mike yeah. makes a movie called The Night of <laughs> Extinction that combines yes. four and five together, takes out the scene with the Juliet laws, I'm telling you guys, we got a fucking stew on our hands. Like, we've got a good fucking movie on our hands. The Night of Extinction. That has got a ring to it. Sure. You know make what? a whole Patreon web video me. on it, Mike, about what worked, what didn't. I think you should do that for Kong, too. I would love to watch one of your breakdowns on how you made that thing work a little better. But I, That is in the works, so for here sure. Here we are. I'm, I'm sticking with you guys. You've turned me around. One is staying up there. Yes, it feels mm-hmm. small and quaint. It is the OG. I, you know, it should scale back. We're going to talk about it. We'll, we'll announce right now. You know, we were, we were so into these films. Normies, we are going to be talking about Bumblebee next week. Special guest. Right. We're very, very excited. Finally, Number a good one. Number one and Bumblebee are spiritual twins. They are both these tiny yes. films. I, I, I want to see how it's going to work a little better with the human characters more in the light than I would want them to be. Colin, mm-hmm. I'm right there with you because I was going to say, um, you know, Bumblebee, which I have seen before, and I know that it's a good movie. It's like an actual good movie with Transformers in it. And it is in the same kind of the same movie as the first Transformer movie. Just the, the main, you know, human characters gender flipped, but it's like a better version of the first movie in a way. So yes. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Well, we got our blinders off yeah. now. It's not going to feel like a Bay film. It's going to stand on its own. Number one, then I'm going number four. I I can look past all that stuff. I had such mm-hmm. a good time watching that with you guys and laughing. Even though, yeah. followed by number five, I think it is the most rewatchable. 
number three, and then number two. We're, we're mm-hmm. close. We've all got number two at the bottom and number one at the top. And that's, that's shocking for these five movies. I did not think that's where right. we'd end up. The, the Romeo and Juliet and Tim Miller is, is a real hard knock <laughs> if we can number four, just get those out. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> just, we I can, we the, can make uh, something Fast forward it, yeah. Yeah, the only disagreement we have is between five and four of the ranking. Everything else yeah. is the same. So It's really going to be personal taste. But yeah, I think that's pretty definitive overall. Um, right. Thoughts in general on these series, again, I think we've covered it. I mean, four and five are also better sequels to the first movie than three and yes. two. So just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, May may be over, but it's still Transform A, you know, in my head. Yeah, and, you know, we record this in Transform A. It's May 31st. You're listening in uh, what is now known as Bumble June, at least for (laughs) the first week. Bumble June. There you go. (laughs) And we'll be back with that. uh, And what I'm looking forward to the most, or maybe one of the most, is that I kind of have a grasp on the expanded lore of these movies now having seen them all kind of you know some of it i've already forgotten but it's gonna be interesting to see what exactly is retconned and like how because i know it's sort of a soft reboot right bumblebee but Mm -hmm. um yeah so i'm very excited to see how that fits in with the rest of the movies what's been referenced you know yeah yeah that'll be cool i've never yeah when i watched bumblebee i had never seen you know Three, two out of five of these, you know. Right. So, yeah, no, you didn't know he fought back. the Nazis, Mike. <laughs> you didn't know that yeah, was part got, of Bumblebee's character. Whenever we're watching the new Bumblebee movie now, I'll have to remember, he also fought Nazis before this. <laughs> That's right. And he was a Volkswagen, you know, classic. That's right. Classic, yeah. Which is a German right. car. That's yeah. right. Makes you think. Well, he was a VW Bug originally, so there you go. Um, the last night, the last movie, the last talk about a Michael Bay Transformers film for normies like uh, us for the foreseeable future, unless the rumor mill uh, spins up. If there's money to be made, they might bring it back, but who knows? But if they do, they better bring we'll Mark never Wahlberg. be back to him. It's, there's not going to be an Armageddon episode, a pain and gain in normies boys. like us. Like, <laughs> episode I guess maybe. I don't know. It's, it's just we're saying goodbye to somebody who forced their way into our lives who i didn't want doing this from the first one let alone four later <laughs> right well let me ask you this one last question we've yeah. talked about you know comparisons between two directors kind of both have controversial parts to them michael bay and Zack snyder right yes we've seen uh you know some of us have seen army of the dead now who do you prefer because i said you know i said uh Zack snyder beforehand i still think i stick with him but what do you guys think? Jacob, say? I just watched 300 right after Army of the Dead 2. I just feel, I feel fucking primed to talk about this. And I told you guys, I watched that dumb Six Underground 2 to get the feel of the mm. non-Transformers-y Michael Bay stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, again, you've got a guy who wants to tell you he's telling you philosophy and he's hitting you over the head with stuff. And then you got another guy who's like, Look at how hot this chick is. <laughs> and if you don't know which one's which, you're not understanding either of these guys. But the thing that they're presenting is almost identical. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I think I get more stuff out of Michael Bay films because I think Army of the Dead is one of the worst. I think it's I think it's sucker punch level bad. You know, I, I've been tricked mm. by Zack Snyder so many fucking times. Yeah. You know, with Michael Bay going into it, there's a lot of the times where I'm like, 
oh, here we go again. <laughs> like I just said to myself, right. like, oh man, Uncle Bay. Oh. Well, if you think about it, you know, yeah. Zack Snyder might have more just bad movies because yes. I mean, most of his DC movies I don't like either. I really no, only like the, the Snyder guy cut. So who gets stuck, Jacob, working in something where you're like, no, 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 dig yourself out of that hole. Stop making robot yeah. movies. Stop making superhero movies. And they're like, no, I'm gonna double down on this. <laughs> right. Well, Mike, how about you? Who do you say, Snyder oh, or man. Bay? I didn't think I'd be wrestling with the greatest philosophical you dilemma to, of our time. Right? You had to pick one to live on a desert island with, and the other one you have oh, to kill. Insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would shoot myself. How does that sound? Yeah. So, you see, Superman is like Jesus. I know, exactly. Um, <laughs> While he's working out. Here's the thing. Like Colin was kind of alluding to, you have one guy who's trying to say something profound and generally not succeeding right then you have another guy who's not trying to say anything that's and true succeeding you have so one like guy who thinks he's more profound than he is and then you have one guy who's not profound at all and knows it and doesn't care and doesn't give a shit yeah that's so true there's some michael profoundness bay, to that <laughs> well when you when you when you go to a michael bay movie if you know if you've seen one of them you know what to expect you know what you're going to get, and you shouldn't be too disappointed if it's weird and bad, because that's that's kind of it, right? Yeah, uh, but it's not going to be Snyder, like a ham-fisted political analogy about something. No. Well, I think with Zack Snyder movies, people get this idea that it's going to be the gift, God's gift to cinema and the greatest yes. thing ever, right. and then it just doesn't live up to that. Meanwhile, Michael Bay is not promising anything. He's just giving you weird shit, so... I, Maybe I just thought Army of the Dead was so bad that I'll give it to um, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, Michael wow, Bay. Wow. wow. I still think Snyder's highs are better than Bay's, but his, his highs lows are higher are than maybe Michael worse. Bay's highs. Yeah. What is your yeah. favorite Snyder movie, Jacob? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I like 300. I liked uh, Dawn of the Dead. That might be his best movie. And then I liked um, the Snyder cut. I didn't really like any of his other DC. Like, I don't like Batman v Superman very much. I think it's pretty bad. I, I think Man of Steel is bad. So, yeah, I None guess it's just... None of those are original. <laughs> They're all based on something. You know, right. Michael Transformers, Bay... Transformers, bro. <laughs> hey, Bad Boys is original. That first Transformers, yeah. it's Pain based on game. some... It's not fucking like anything that's in, those, you know, in, the, in the series. Pain and Gain, yeah, based on a story, but who fucking cares? It's original, at least. I don't know. Ah, it's tough. I it's here's tough. the thing. I can say I can say that I like 300 and I like Dawn of the Dead. I can say I like Transformers one. Right, and that's it. Hmm. Like honestly, yeah, like that's true. Out of all Do Michael I, Bay's movies, oh, I love The Rock. I think and Pain I and Gain is fun. The bad Boys, and I love yeah. Pain and Gain. True, Pain and Gain is. I will fun. say this yeah. about Snyder. I think I I prefer his visual style and his aesthetic to michael bay yeah but over that that's a tough one man yeah just uh just give me edgar wright yeah yes. soho sign me up sure <laughs> that's my taste <laughs> yeah which of these two you know not very good Fools. directors are better <laughs> yeah yeah it's a tough question. You let us know, listeners. I, I'll say it again to you. I, the guy I choose every time, 
Mortal Kombat and Resident Evil, baby. I, I jump on Steven Summers, man. <laughs> or, no, yes, you're right. Oh, sorry. Boy. Paul <laughs> I'll, take both of them. I'll take Paul W. Sanderson and Steven Summers, the guy who did The Mummies. I'll, I'll take both those low-grade idiots. I'll take idiots. Paul Thomas Anderson. Boo-hoo. Okay. <laughs> I guess we, now we're just picking anybody. Akira <laughs> yeah. Kurosawa. I'll take um, Martin yeah, Scorsese. Dumb action franchises, Paul W. Sanderson, because Mortal Kombat yes. and Resident Evil are sure. more fun than these, maybe. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we did it. We cracked the code, the Da Vinci code of the last night. Wow. Uh, Cogman, <laughs> we're going to get out of here or what? That's yeah, right, my you're lord. right, Mike. It's, it's time, my lords. It's time. <laughs> it's been um, a journey. It's been a long journey. It of has all been the lords I've served, you were the coolest. <laughs> Says that. Yeah. We appreciate you nice. rolling with us. Um, please, 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 please. Like we said, Transform May is over. But Bumble June is coming. We're going to keep talking stuff. Otherwise, check us out at our socials, at normies underscore like underscore us. Hit us up there. Give us some feedback on Transform May. Oh, my God. What do you mean you would choose Michael Bay over Zack Snyder? Defend it. We dare you. Drag us into one of those internet fights. We would love to be a part of that. But otherwise, go there and recommend stuff. Say, now that you guys are done, I want you to do all the Power Rangers movies. Or, you know, Joe did a great G.I. Joe episode. Can you get us more toy content? We will. Let us know. Um, mm-hmm. You always can. Yeah, the world is our oyster now that we're, um, we're free, free of the Transformers <laughs> after Bumblebee, right. that is. But that we'll one should be fun. Him, shake them free. We're and then we'll be watching off. the 1986 animated movie. Just kidding. That's right. Right, right. Play in a perfect world. All right, normies. <laughs> Well, All right. we've been your up. host. This is uh, Colin Yeager. Sentinel Mike. This is... I will kill you. <laughs> this is Cobman. <laughs> See you later, normies. Thanks for watching. Check us out on YouTube. Ooh, please. Bye. Bye. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.